We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up upon a single person and then everybody else will stand a gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs a tampa bay pastor has been arrested sentenced to a week in she jail she also and tore up a cease and desist letter we have a posterity waiting for us to say we will not comply so you will be free We have a chance to fight.
without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Hey everybody, happy Monday. Welcome to everybody in the chat room. Who, what do we got going on over there, JC? Elkhart, Indiana, Tacoma. Uh, Nate says, call me the hammer. What's up, hammer? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, maybe I don't want to know what that means. Anyway, so glad to have... Because he nailed it. Because he nailed it? Mm-hmm. Ah. Means he nailed it. What did he nail? Do I need to know that, too? Did he make something right? Did you guys have some kind of bet in the background somewhere that nobody knows about? Hey, Blue North, if you... You have to tell Janet those things that you're working out with Janet. Telling me doesn't tell Janet, so tell Janet if you want to work stuff out with her. Hey, Val, great to see you. Branson, Missouri. Awesome. Uh, oh, Gabriella is driving and listening. <laughs> Hope you're not driving and typing. SoCal in the room. Everybody in the room. So glad to have you with us today. Uh, got some things coming up here in the very uh, near future. Want to share with you. Oh, wow, our screens are backwards. That kind of threw me off for a second. Uh, here we go. Uh, our first... Uh, movie theater premiere of non-compliant movie. You guys saw the trailer for it as we were coming into the show today. Will be held Wednesday, June 30th at 6.45 p.m. in Mantee, Utah. Um, oh, sorry, Mantis, Utah. And so it'll be in the Mantis City Building Theater Room at 6.45 p.m. June 30th. That's obviously 6.45 p.m. Uh, mountain Time. But it won't really matter because if you're there, you're there and it's 6.45. But afterwards, JC and I will be popping in after the movie to do a Zoom meeting with everybody watching the film. Cool. We got lots of people signing up, don't we, for premieres? Seems that way. I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be great. Also, uh, Noncompliant will have its release, its premiere date on July 2nd, 1776. <laughs> JC's not paying attention to what I'm saying. I'm, I'm here. You're here? <laughs> Can you give us any information on how all that's going to work yet? July 2nd, where they're going to be able to watch the premieres, or are we going to talk about that Noncompliantmovie.com. That's all you need to know, guys. And then as the premieres, as we are notified of the premieres, we will let you know where the theater showings, the film is in 4K, so it's going to be really cool at a theater, and we're going to show you where the theater showings are going to be. So we're really excited about that. Also, coming up, special July 4th event where we will be celebrating uh, our Independence Day on the day we declared independence, July 4th. 
will be at the River Church of Northwest Arkansas in Benton, Arkansas, Bentonville, Arkansas. We'll start at 10 a.m. And we're going to, are you pointing at me? That previous one didn't say mantis, did it? Manti? Yeah, it's, well, Manti. the thing he sent me, oh, says Manti, but then Steve typed in here later that it's Mantis. So I don't know, Manti, Mantis, something like that. I don't know. So it's either Manti or Mantis. Is somebody correcting me? If you're there, it's Last the name we of were the there, city. It was Manti. Manti? So okay. Unless All they right. changed it or there's some other city. Mm, okay. Well, Manti. Okay. <laughs> Manti City Building. Somebody's Maybe trying to prank you. Somebody's pranking me. Steve's pranking me. I don't know. All right. So uh, the 4th of July event at the North uh, River Church of Northwest Arkansas. JC and I will be doing the Sunday morning service starting at 10 a.m., teaching about religious liberty. And that's the class that JC and I tag team. So we're hoping to see everybody there at the River Church of Northwest Arkansas. Going to be, going to be, going to be lots of fun on the day we celebrate independence. And then July 9th. July 9th will be Waves of Freedom. We are going to be on a St. John's River ship. I've, I, I, it's been a very long time since I've been on a river cruise. I, we used to do it when, we were, when I was a kid on the Mississippi River. But they had the old style paddle boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that was... I don't know what are, have you ever been on a river ship on the St. John's River? Mm-hmm. You have? Are they like paddle boats? Like we have paddle on the Mississippi? They had the big wheels yeah, the on one, the back with the paddles and no? Not the one I was on. What I, was it like? Um, Did it kind of look like the little ship in this picture? Or? The, so what I was on was um, kind of flat bottom, more reminded me of like a ferry sort of thing ah but it's been a long time ago i mean i i guess they probably have lots of different kinds uh, to be honest i'm not familiar with um what all the boats these guys have so stacy ann is it's excited Sanford about our river boat company i think is yes what the thing is called yes so it's the so st john's you, you've got it's me called curious the st john's river ship st john's river ship mm-hmm. yeah so Stacy Ann's excited about our Arkansas trip. She says she's going to alert all her friends. You know, that's why we let you know about these things. Maybe, maybe they're not in your area, but with social media, everybody's got friends everywhere now. You can let everybody know. And, and the more we get the word out, the more people will become educated, the more opportunity that they have. Oh, wow. It definitely looks like a big paddle boat. Does it? Oh, yeah. cool. Just like the ones on the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go to noncompliantmovie.com. I don't think it I don't think it's a paddle boat, you know, with with the paddles, but it has that look, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe they either made a different uh platform to look like that or Raise your hand if re- you're willing to a pla- share uh, a paddle boat. If you're willing to share the noncompliantmovie.com website they can go down here and watch the trailer right here. Just click that, and there's the trailer down there in the corner. 
so that you can uh, uh, share it, people can watch it. And then right now it's exclusively at Liberty First University, but on July 2nd, it will be all over the place. So that's our update on upcoming events. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little irritated today. I don't know if I've just, uh, I've had my fill of, of snowflakes, but JC, I'm really beginning to wonder if, if there's something wrong with me because I am still shocked when I meet such a large number of people who classify themselves as conservatives but are completely ate up with socialist doctrine, socialist ideologies. I mean, seriously, they don't even see who they are. And I have, I don't know if maybe, you know how the Bible says that God sifts the wheat and whatever. I don't know if I'm like sifting wheat today, this week, uh, or at least the last five days on social media, but just one post after another has triggered the mess out of some people and has really brought to light just how, I mean, I know, I know it's there. I know it's there, so why does it shock me? I'm, why does it, why, why, maybe it doesn't shock me, but that's not the right word, it disturbs me. It disturbs me to see the summer soldiers and the Sunshine Patriots. I believe I said a couple weeks ago that snowflakeism is bipartisan. And um, I, I stopped being surprised with conservative snowflakes. See, I don't know if it's surprise, it's just utter disappointment. So just a little review of the posts that have just flipped people out, okay? So there is no greater slavery than, one, than the one self-induced through fear and addiction to comfort, driven by manipulation and deception, administered with a spoonful of hush money to sweeten the deal. Do you know I got lectured at by so-called conservative after so-called conservative by not knowing what slavery is and yep. my, my, this is, well, it was all the cute people with the human trafficking and the child trafficking thing mm. and Chris Hand and they're cute. So they're supposed to be conservative, right? I don't know. Do they have liberal whack job cues? I don't, I don't know. Well, but they're all like the all over me because I used the word, you know, Slavery means more than just anyway. Well, that's the thing about snowflakeism. They have trigger words, right? So slavery is a trigger word for both camps, actually. It is. That's the so thing. So their that's, brain that, shuts down. That's and, the thing that drives me nuts because mm -hmm. these people are so indoctrinated into, into this critical race theory. And I don't think people realize how far back, how many years back, all this critical race theory seeds started planting. Yeah, before we even knew the term. Before we even knew the term. People mm -hmm. are like, oh, this is new, critical race theory, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm sorry. This, has been, this seed has been planting for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Then this one. This one is the new one that drove people nuts. You're a slave to whomever you're depending upon to protect you. Okay, yeah. so I, I keep using this term slave because I want people to realize that there is a mental slavery. There is a legally imposed slavery mm -hmm. 
that is is upon the people and it is not based on the color of your skin it is based on the power paradigm right it is based on the power paradigm as you're always saying socialism is not about redistribution of wealth it's not about taking money from the rich and giving to the poor it's about consolidating money but it's more than that jc it's about consolidating power Mm. right you're going to remove power from the people well to remove power from the people you have to remove their independence to remove independence you have that's the way you depower people i put this in here because i because now i'm getting experienced by using this word slave and slavery and people yeah, get freaked out it. about it right mm -hmm. keep using so i put this quote in here on purpose jc because um, I always, I don't just post this, right? The meme is the catcher, and then I always post a little lesson, right? Because that's who I am. I'm a teacher. And I wrote, the right to keep and bear arms is a natural and individual right. Any law or regulation that prevents someone from defending their own life, liberty, or property makes that person dependent upon whomever the government assigns to protect them. I think that's important because when the law removes your ability to protect yourself, the government has to assign people to protect you, mm. right? So the consequence is that the value of that person's life, liberty, and property is now controlled by someone else, whomever the government is assigning to be your protector. When one person is allowed to determine the value of another person's life, that is ownership and that is slavery. And then I put in this quote by George Mason. When the resolution of enslaving America was formed in Great Britain, Parliament was advised by an artful man to disarm the people that it was the best and most effectual, effectual way to enslave them. Click this quote right here. I, this is a good, this yeah, it's a good statement right there. Yeah. Slavery starts in the spirit and then the mind. Absolutely. It's what I've been saying. This, the worst form of slavery is the, is the self-imposed one where the shackles are invisible because yeah. they're all in your the mind. The change you can't see. The change you can't see. When you limit yourself. Right. Or, or you allow others to limit you even when the external limits aren't physical. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But people, so people, I mean, so many forms of slavery. But, it, but it's funny. It, it reminds me of the... People well, let me saying, this thought really quick because I did this. So I put this George Mason quote in here, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm now learning how to prepare my teaching for the argument to come, mm -hmm. right? So I put in the, the, the justification for my statement, disarming the people is enslaving them, according to our founders, right? So I, why do you think I picked George Mason? <laughs> Because I anticipated somebody coming in the feed t telling me, it's coming, it's coming. Oh, of course you would, you would quote a, a rich elite white slave owner mm -hmm. to talk about disarming people, enslaving them. Sure. So I picked George Mason because George Mason never owned a slave. Right. George Mason was an abolitionist. He was an abolitionist. And there were many abolitionists, right? I, I mean, I love this discussion, actually. Karen says... Bullying deflates one to the point of feeling dead, kind of slavery, very hard to get out of. So, which is true. Which all, is all, all the critical race theory stuff is all social bullying. That is true. There is a mm -hmm. there is a uh, large portion of that that's that's bullying. The mm -hmm. uh, we've seen that in the, uh, the the COVID stuff, 
where mm-hmm. trust the science, for instance, yeah. has been given as as a way to back you off. But the way it works has been trust the scientist, not the science, because right. obviously you have I, I just I was looking at Scott Adams tweeting today about uh, the mask and usefulness of mask and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, any he makes this assertion about the you know all the top experts none of the top experts agree with you right and then people are answering back well you know here are a bunch of experts so-called experts that say the opposite so you have a competing group of experts experts, and then vetted experts well scott adams basically says well what your experts say doesn't mean anything what my experts say mean right that's definitive Mm -hmm. so Now, there was no discussion. He shared no actual science or experimentation or studies or analysis about mask. And and, like, so there was no science to it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that has become sort of a a bullying uh, tactic, the argument Mm -hmm. to to authority. um, You know, and then, of course, he overstates the thing, creating a a straw man like it's you know, this is not everybody says not effective whatsoever and that sort of thing. Um, which is not the argument that everybody's making. First off, everybody's <laughs> not making one argument. So anyway, one for you, Jason. just a, just a kind of silly <laughs> stuff, right? Go Bruce. Go Bruce. Bruce Wayne wearing a mask since 1966. <laughs> so, all right, now we're going to step in. Anyway, and- just a little aside, but I, but the fact that you, you mentioned the uh, right to keep and bear arms in connection with the slavery mm-hmm. post, right? Because we were just having this discussion today at lunch mm-hmm. about the 14th Amendment. Nobody talks about when you go and look at the debates uh, during the, uh, the debates about the 14th Amendment in Congress and whatnot uh, had to do with the right to keep and bear arms. Yeah. So in fact, the whole context of the 14th Amendment, like it's, it's just sort of glossed over as uh, discrimination, slavery, that's what it was dealing with. But it was specifically the discussion was about the uh, freed slaves being disarmed. Mm-hmm. So, so it really is more about the right to keep and bear arms than it right. is about. Uh, but we can't the other talk issues. about that. We but that's how they use you. You have the trigger words, and then they use these bully words. So here's the thing: to ignore truth and actual historical context. I ran across this this post. Um, well, I'll just put this up here because this one is, I, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty level-headed about this now, but I, it could, I could snap. So I love this. I, I enjoyed this post. This was a good post for you? I, I have, I have enjoyed it too. I enjoyed how it triggered people. I know. That's, but that was it. It triggered the people that was like shocked. It was triggering, right? Once yeah. again. So I ran across this post and let me go ahead and. I got to get on the right screen here. All right. So I ran across this post. It was actually an article. Uh, Five reasons why Karen won't tip 10%. Mm -hmm. Right? That was was (laughs) the article. And, you know, it was on some Vox or Slate or something. And none of them was because your service sucks? Yeah, none of it was because because I'm white and you're not. And because, the you know, I don't like how much the food costs. And you didn't talk to me nicely. Right? Whatever. Right? So I was like, 
Are you kidding me, man? Right? So now it re the whole article was how, how people are, how, how servers, waiters and waitresses, I think that's sexist now, right? Mm. Are entitled to a tip. All right? So I know how this goes. I'm, I'm a whole week into this now of triggering people. Sure. So now I'm building my posts to try to preempt the arguments. And this one, actually, I made six slates, right? Mm -hmm. So the first slate reads, I even titled it like an article, right? Yeah. A serious question and a serious statement to set the stage. I worked my way through college. The government, in quotes, didn't pay for it. I never felt entitled to my education, but was very grateful for the opportunity to work to make a better future. I worked in many jobs in my life to include being a hostess and a waitress in restaurants. So I am not ignorant about what I'm about to ask. Mm -hmm. My serious question. So go to the next slate. Look what I did, JC. I even put like one of six, two awesome. of six to help people know Good they job. had to keep clicking. <laughs> The question, because I, I realize it's difficult, right? It's difficult, but I didn't realize how difficult it was until I went through this effort to do all this and people still didn't get it. Still didn't get it. Anyway, the question, when did tipping a server become a required customer obligation? Why is it my responsibility to supplement someone's wage? Let me be clear. A tip is a gift to say thank you for excellent service and to encourage continuing service above minimum requirements. Tips are not supplements to wage and are not rewards for minimum efforts or less. Two of six means go to three of six. <laughs> but now I see a post and articles where someone is a Karen if they only give 10% tip. Seriously, entitlement brats, so today I make a public stand and say, a tip is my choice and a gift from me. I am not your employer and you don't, and, and if you, you don't like your wages, do what I did and work your way to a better place. Don't make excuses, don't throw blame. And here's one of the trigger things. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, we've already triggered 37 sure. people so far, yeah, right? Yeah. Don't make excuses, don't throw blame. Excuses are your anchor to poverty, not America and not your skin color. I usually give, now, now we're at four of six. I usually, I usually give a minimum of 20% tip. We're big tippers. However. We're generous people. If I give less, it's because my gift is a reflection of your service. So if you are my server at a restaurant and I give you less or nothing at all, that is my message to you that you need to do a better job. I'm helping you get over yourself and your entitlement mentality and move forward in a prosperity and victory by your own work and hand. Leave behind the slavery. I use the word again there, JC. Leave behind the slavery of your entitlement mentality and see how wonderful a life in liberty can be. Now going to five of six. You cannot shame me into quietly allowing you to be a slave and transfer your slavish mentality to me through social or emotional extortion. And that's what CRT is. Mm -hmm. It is social, it is emotional extortion. 
If this triggers you or hurts your feelings, check yourself or classify yourself. The choice is yours. Five of six means go to six of six. You got a PS. PS. If the sum and total of your job is to type my order into a register or put my order into a paper bag, you are not getting a tip from me. <laughs> Ask a waiter what his hourly wage is, and you will understand why I'm not tipping fast food employees who think they should be paid $15 an hour. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Now, I got thank yous like this one from, from, from Yana. Thank you. Coming from Europe, a tip is always optional, and no one is looked down upon for not giving tips. That was a whole new thing for me when I came to the States and always say wrong with me. Right? You, and, go ahead. Sometimes you can, I mean, actually a lot of times, you can tell <clears throat> kind of as soon as the person gets there. Right. Mm -hmm. They they project an attitude. They you oftentimes know mm -hmm. if th this person <clears throat> is going to do a good job. They're conscientious, whatever. I mean, it's a so. So, in fact, there are times there are moments we have tipped ahead of time. Mm -hmm. We've given like mm -hmm. we'll lay down a big tip to guarantee good service. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you, you get a sense of expectation like this person you could look around like this person's a hard worker i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and tip them ahead of time and i'm gonna let them know it's gonna be a good tip regardless mm -hmm. and i'm gonna give them you know mm -hmm. some encouragement and motivation so we've done that so it's mm -hmm. not like you know some cheapskate cold-hearted mm -hmm. whatever which was a lot of the nonsense yeah comments oh yeah i was called a cheapskate i was called a heartless bee all this stuff. And it was stunning because people are like, you obviously have never been a waitress. Um, slide one, right? Slide one. You obviously have no idea how this works. So let me be very clear, because if you want to see this post, you can go to Instagram. JC had a whole lot of fun, and our friend Yvette Bronx had a whole lot of fun responding to all these triggered nut jobs out there. <laughs> You know, I mean, mind you, we had a lot of people going, yes, thank you for this. You know, I'm glad you said this. I agree with this. But then we also have these people, right? Here we go. I would normally agree with how, we, however, we're in a climate where servers are overworked and underpaid. Um, okay. What has that got to do with me as a customer? Overworked and underpaid. Overworked what, and underpaid. What's, what's this, it, I what just does find, that mean? No, I just find that hilarious. There, There is... I'm not aware of any single moment in the history of mankind where it was not the view of the workers that they were overworked and underpaid. Mm -hmm. I mean, they act like... We're, we're in a climate now. Uh, no, we're not. Okay. <laughs> I was it's a It's the same climate that's that's been since work was invented. I was a waitress from probably 1985 to 1992. Yeah. I was always overworked and always underpaid. That's, right? That's almost every job. But that's right? a that's the that's a bottom level job. You're not yeah. supposed to live right. your life there. Yeah, right. That's and unless that's you the, choose to, because to be honest, no, if you love it, I I would choose to do that. Hey, I loved being a waitress. It was one of my favorite jobs to do. I I have and and I have no problem with people. I mean, you negotiate for higher wage, work for higher right. wage, fight for higher wage. You know, show yourself. Yes. But the idea is, 
advance yourself. Now, you know me, what I'm saying? This is a really good question Karen has. Why are tips based Increase upon the worth. cost of food? Actually, that's part of the entitlement expectation that we've developed. I think that tips started off, you know, the, the cost of the food um, started off as a convenient way to determine mm -hmm. the size of the gift, right? You know, if you don't want to, I don't know, maybe just, I think it's just out of convenience, but now it's out of expectation. Here, I want to I make these couple points that I made in the comments that, that, that didn't make it to the original post, but first, number one, your wage is a matter of contract between you and your employer, yep. not between you and the customer. Okay, the customer has nothing to do with your wage and expecting the customer to supplement your wage is a contract nowhere. Nowhere in any industry is a customer a part of the contract. Second, people are like, well, but the IRS, I am fully aware of the fact that the IRS will now take 10% you know, they make the, the servers count up the tally of their bill. And the IRS will actually tax a server 10% of the bill. Well, you know why that is? Because of this ignorant entitlement mentality. Because we have turned a gift. Yeah. A gift which has no tax ramification, where the government has no no role in it whatsoever. A gift is not something that the government knows about. A gift is not even something that the employer is supposed to know about. A gift is not taxable, at, yeah. you know, at this level anyway. I mean, you, you make stupid IRS arguments, but you're not giving out more than $40,000, so it doesn't matter, right? But here's the thing. When, you ex when it becomes an entitlement to such a point that people expect it, now the IRS can say it is part of your wage. So these people who are actually arguing that tips are an entitlement of a server are actually making the argument that the gift should be taxed. So these people unknowingly maddening on to their own destruction, arguing that I'm, I'm, heartless because I want a tip to be a gift and not an expectation and not an entitlement. These people, JC, are actually arguing to take money away from the servers when my argument actually enriches the servers. Yeah, I because the gift, the gift, which is also called a gratuity, which is extra gift yeah, extra. is an, a, a thing between me and the server. It's a me and a relationship. You know, you've heard me say this a lot, JC, quite often. If we have a really good server, I will tell the server this. This is a little speech that I have. I tell them oh, I'm you a probably constitu be careful. Yeah. I tell them I'm a on the radar. That's all right. I'm a constitutional attorney. I've posted this on in, on social media, so I'm not I, I ain't scared. I'm a constitutional attorney. I tell them that so they know that there's an authority by which I'm about to speak, right? And I say to them, I realize the IRS is going to take 10% of your wage as an automatic tip. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to, on your ticket, leave you a 10% tip. But I'm now going to hand you cash. And that cash is a gift from me to you 
in thanks for your excellent service and going above and beyond. This is a gift from me to you. Your employer doesn't even need to know about this. This is not your employer's business. This is a gift. It's not the government's business. This is a gift. It's not the employer's business. This is from me to you. And that's the way a tip is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so I respect the fact that they're going to have to claim 10%. So I give them 10% to cover because I don't want to, you know, detriment them. So I'm going to give them cash above that. And I say, it's between you and me. Well, we, again, we're, we're, I, I think we're big tippers. I mean, generally, I know, yeah. I, I know I, I am, I'm usually, I'm usually wanting to go overboard um, just to bless people right? Mm -hmm. It's more blessed to give than receive. So Mm -hmm. we, we just like being a blessing to people. Right. But if you, if you come with a bad attitude Mm -hmm. and I mean, you're just, you know, people, you you run into those servers, just Mm -hmm. obnoxious. And like, I, I hate that. In fact, I'll leave. I I will just shut it down. Um, when they come like just nasty attitude and, and, uh, you know, expect expecting that, like, we especially if we're in a place mm-hmm. for several days um i remember when we were you know when we went away for the vacation there was the one guy and we tipped him big like mm-hmm. right off the bat he i mean he went out of his way he came and took care of us like oh yeah special treatment oh, yeah. for three straight days because yeah. of that so yeah. you know I, I believe in encouraging people and you can encourage good service you can encourage good service with a good tip Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's a place you frequent, mm-hmm. right? Because if people are working there a while and they know mm-hmm. they're, hey, this guy, you know, he's a good tipper, blah, blah, blah. And, right. they, and they do a good job. And that's what it's supposed to be tied to. It's right. supposed to be tied to performance, mm-hmm. right? Either to reward that or even in cases encourage uh, good performance. Mm-hmm. But I think your point, your main point mm-hmm. is this expectation, even if it's not, good service or if it's bad service and then you know you Mm -hmm. acknowledge their governments have gotten in and even Mm -hmm. employers trying to take advantage of employees to to abuse the employees and separate this out so you pay them so low and then make them dependent on the tips well that's 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 the government manipulating right the system uh you know, and your employee who you con- your employer who you contracted with again, I, I mm-hmm. don't mind fighting for higher wages. But the one thing that bothers me is the poverty mentality mm-hmm. of just you're supposed to be made as comfortable as right. possible in this really dead end job. Let's be honest, unless that's your calling, that's your passion. Mm-hmm. It's a dead end job. You're not you're really not supposed to be satisfied with this right. job. Right. You're supposed to be motivated to invest in yourself and Mm -hmm. climb higher. And it seems to me um, one mentality that runs parallel with an entitlement mentality is a poverty mentality, a loser mentality. I'm settling for my circumstances mentality. And you end up having a person that has all sorts of uh, excuses as to why they fail. Why my life is so hard, why I struggle, and, and, and all of and these things that they point to. And that's why I put in this particular slide, don't make excuses and don't right. throw blame. Excuses are your anchor to poverty, not America and not your skin color, which really triggered somebody in the chat, in, in, in the comment section, who, by the way, ends up 
deleting all the comments. So <laughs> it's not up there anymore. So she, she, you know, she, she took her, her, her soccer ball and went home, whatever. But, but this, I think, is why you posted this. I wouldn't say it's why I posted that. It's it just, a, a just a little motivational message. Yeah. Losers let excuses hold them back. Yep. It's the bottom line. And, and I don't... Now, I, li I listen to um, Robert Kiyosaki and oh, a yeah. lot of guys like that. Uh, I am not of... I am not of the um, notion, you know, what we've all, what we were all taught coming up, you know, work hard and you'll succeed, you know, that, no, it's, it's not always about working hard there. And this is a thing where Kiyosaki talks about economic literacy. Mm -hmm. We're so economically illiterate. There's, there's more to it. And that's kind of a, um, I don't know. I don't know if you call it a wives tale, but just this broad brush there are more principles at play uh, in, in the realm of success. <laughs> and one of those things that hold you back are these excuses of pointing to all right. these external circum circumstances. You read, you read the biographies and autobiographies mm -hmm. of great achievers. Mm -hmm. Great achievers always had great obstacles. Mm -hmm. The difference was they did not accept any excuses, zero, not one, not a historical excuse, systemic excuse, personal excuse, whatever. No obstacle was an excuse. Did they trip? Did they fall? Did they go down? Yes. Then they kept getting back up and steadily climbed higher until they succeeded because the core mentality was I will not entertain an excuse I right. will achieve yeah and that was that's that's the key so I think it's as much sort of spiritual and 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 mental uh as it is physical in fact I think when you focus on the physical I, I think you're putting the you're giving something a priority should have the least priority yeah, where yeah, you know oh, it's it's obstacles and this thing and that thing obstacles are, are like the laziest of obstacles really I mean, I think I, I was just talking to Yana the other day and I was we were talking because she's an artist and I and we were talking about artists who have achieved amazing things. And when I was growing up in the 80s, there was an artist by the name of Joni. She just went by her first name. Mm -hmm. She was a quadriplegic. She painted with a paintbrush in her mouth. Amazing, amazing paintings. And that's the kind of thing there, this is, this is, there will always be setbacks yep. that you can point to. Yep. I mean, stuff happens to people and, and, and legitimate, you know, you yep. end up sick, you end up homeless. I mean, big doctor bill, boom, you lose everything. You know, no doubt that stuff happens, but I'm telling you the difference you study the, the lives of achievers. Yeah. They don't focus on those things. They don't say that thing caused me to be in this situation. No, they say, I'm going to succeed in spite of that thing. Yes, this knocked me down. Yes, I'm, I'm at the lowest of low. I'm in an absolute pit, but I'm climbing out of this, mm -hmm. and I'm getting to the top of that mountain. Yeah. That's how winners think. So Richard is actually right. He's like, you're, you're, you took a job where your title is a server. Your title is to literally serve people. Right. And, and, you can't, and you get angry because you have to serve people. You want a good laugh, JC? This is our I, this is our motivational yes, episode. Yes. Motivational. Well, you I don't know. You can is, achieve. You can achieve. You can succeed. You can succeed. <laughs> oh, look, Chad's Chad is Chad from Texas. Chad awesome. from Texas. Awesome. Good to see you again, Chad. 
Anyway, so I, I picked this article solely to make you laugh, JC. Hammer thrower. Hammer thrower Gwen Berry turns away from flag while Anthem plays at trials. Quote, I feel like it was a setup. <laughs> so Gwen Berry is a, is a he, she. Oh, really? Yes. Gwen mm, Berry okay. is a he, she. I wasn't aware of that. Who won a transgender, bronze. Transgender, you mean. Transgender. Who won a bronze medal against two women. I see. So the man transgendered into and a woman competing with women came in third place. And Barry feels the playing of the national anthem was targeting. Yes. Like they, they only played it because Gwen Barry was on the podium. <laughs> That's my point. You're at the U.S. Olympic trials. The U.S. Olympics, every two years, every single competition plays the national anthem well, according for to, the winner. Well, I, they don't, so in the trials, they don't, it's not about playing it for the winners mm -hmm. like they do in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. They actually play it at pretty much, and this was reported, yeah. on, on a schedule right. every day. Right. And that is when they happen to be doing this, and it just played because mm -hmm. it's time for it to play at right. the regularly scheduled time. So it's just another it's another one of those activist Hello. thing. Hello, Barry. I, I got to get my message out. Hello, Barry. You're on the U.S. Olympic team. Yeah. Hello, Barry. Get used to the national anthem. We're hoping you have to hear it a lot. I mean, seriously, isn't that what the, the Olympics is? Where people in America, when you go to the Olympics, you want to hear the U.S. national anthem because that means your athlete won. It, it's like the waiter like, thing. Here's your contract. Here's the conditions under mm -hmm. which you employed. This is how this thing works. Yeah. Okay. So here are the conditions under which you participate in this. Right. You represent America. You represent uh, America. We play national anthem and show the flag. Like, I mean, and, and to Can me, you imagine? I, I don't get hung up about the flag thing and some flag and whatever. You, you have freedom to do that. Yeah. But, um, it's, if you're, if you're just a bad, it's a bad literally is representing the United States right. of America. These are right? the symbols You're not and working songs. for Coca-Cola. You're not working for NBA, <laughs> right? right? You're These not are the symbols and songs NFL. of what you represent. These are the symbols, right. It's just, it, it's just absolutely hilarious to me that the, the audacity, can you imagine? Like Gatorade being a sponsor of an event. And they handed me a Gatorade when I was finished. I, I just feel like they, they were, were targeting, targeting me. me. You literally mm, no, work for Gatorade. That's the sponsor. That's <laughs> what they do. Right? This is the song and symbols of what you allege to represent. But it's not a, it's not about and what Barry said, you know, this is bigger than sports for me. So it's all about this plat this sort of yeah. platform to demonstrate uh, America's bad, so America's racist. If it's and bigger than sports for you, become a political activist and stop competing with women against a hammer throw getting in third place. Right. Sorry, you're a man, you're competing against two women, and you get third place. Stop complaining to me about that. So here's, here's the thing, JC. Can you imagine a Russian athlete at the Russian Olympic trials saying they're oh, angry no. about no, the no, no, Russian no, no, no. national anthem or the Russian flag. 
Yeah. I, <laughs> Can you imagine? No, you'd, you'd go to jail. <laughs> you, you'd be in prison. And I'm not advocating no, that. No, I'm not advocating but, that, but it's still. But it's just, no, but it's, that's. It's rich. But that's. It's just the, rich. Well, that's the, the irony of it, if I'm using that word correctly. You right. Know, America is so bad, right? Yeah, that's that I'm my gonna point. that I'm gonna protest the flag and the anthem, whatever. Okay, you go to do China. that. You do that to a large number of other countries, and they're going to throw you in prison <laughs> or worse. Yeah. So yeah. that's how bad America is. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. America is so bad that you'll do that, and guess what will happen to you? Nothing. Hey, look who's in the chat room. Because America is so terrible. People's rights, Oregon. Welcome, People's Rights Oregon. Glad to have you with us. They showed uh, non-compliant the other day. Hey, People's Rights Oregon, yes. make sure you tell people to go to noncompliantmovie.com. We have a section at the bottom where people can re leave their reviews. We have 16 reviews already. Uh, I'm just excited for for these reviews look at all these five star reviews do we have anything but five stars we have five stars 16 out of 16 five stars so if you've seen non-compliant go to noncompliantmovie.com and leave your review what are you doing i look like i have bunny ears i know i wasn't gonna say anything because there wasn't anything they could do about it at the moment but <laughs> it looks even worse the further down you go yeah, I, I always I have to laugh at people in these types of positions like LeBron James and all these guys. So you want to talk he, about here, here are these privilege. Yeah, these billionaires, the world multi-millionaires. of privilege known by yeah. LeBron James. Yeah, talking I, about privilege. I met people <laughs> who actually went right. to high school with LeBron James where he was treated Le like a prince. LeBron James has no room anywhere on this planet earth to talk about being an underprivileged person right and and it Ugh! and it's obviously not i'm just not a lebron james fan anyway because and it's not about his skin color obviously mm -mm. it's about his talent yes right his skill yes which goes back to what richard said earlier you are you are worth what what you've invested in yourself right lebron james gets paid what he gets paid because of the human capital, right? Mm -hmm. He's developed himself, right? He has God-given talent and ability, mm -hmm. natural ability, but he's developed that ability, okay? Right. And is, you know, one of the most, let's say, decorated uh, basketball player. I don't like his style of play, uh, but, he, but his, his athleticism, and his athletic talent and you know uh, his abilities are certainly above many others but he's so in, in that in that realm. He's so oppressed. And so, so he he used right. How how did he climb? How did he get there? Because your little snowflake on the IG, oh, you can mention a few a, a names of a few black people that have achieved. No, I can mention thousands mm. thousands of names uh, that have achieved. And it's not a, and to me, I think it's not a point of. Who will get angry when you tell them the only reason they achieved is because they got a hand up or somebody treated them differently. Which in the ones that I think of is certainly not, not the case. Um, but I, I think when I think about all of the, those achievers mm -hmm. and the people that have achieved great things, 
nothing to do with race or um, what do you call it, affirmative action or any anything like that. All the people I can think of, they had a talent. Somebody sewed into them. They they sewed into themselves. Right? They took they took um, seized the opportunity mm-hmm. of what they had either naturally or or turned their experiences uh, into a marketable product Mm -hmm. or built something, made something, did something. Mm -hmm. It was about their actions and it was about the human capital that they brought, Mm -hmm. right? Nothing to do with the system or not the system or the system was against them, system was formed, whatever. There There is a marketable product. People, just NBA, just as an example, people like to watch competitive events they like competition they like watching people who take their bodies their talent and hone them and and train them to levels of performance that average people are not able to do Mm -hmm. people like to admire that right? right it's a marketable product so people seize that opportunity michael jordan read his book Read Michael Jordan's autobiography, read his biography. The guy got basically cut at UNC. They said, you're not good enough, right, to make the squad. (laughs) He worked his arse off. He shot free throws every day until his fingertips literally bled. And this is is what he did. This is how he achieved. And And much of it was... Right here. Much of it was yeah, so his just mentality. Like, like they said. It, so it's total so garbage. Slavery total garbage. and an excuse begins in the spirit and then Correct. in the mind. Correct. So here we have uh, Liza wants to know how do we get info on premiering um, non-compliant movie. And the best way to do that, Liza, is to contact us through libertyfirst.legal. Uh, just type libertyfirst.legal in the browser, fill out the contact form, and Sonny will get that information to you. So our next story, JC, is, uh, is a two-parter. So I had been meaning to cover this story uh, earlier last week, but it, time just got away from me, and you know how things go when we get chatting about something, and then I don't get to cover all the stories that I wanted to cover. But look at this. We have a Democrat. So the Catholic Church is very upset by Biden's stance on, on abortion, uh, on uh, some other very uh, faith-challenging issues. We'll just put it this way. And so the Catholic Diocese went into a discussion on whether they should remove Joe Biden's ability to take communion. Mm-hmm. I'm not Catholic. I forget what that name of that is. I call, they call it the Eucharist. They're going to deny him the Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to deny Biden the Eucharist because of his pro-abortion stance. Then the Democrats flipped it and said, we are going to strip you of your tax status if you deny politicians communion. Right? So they were going to create this rule that says, if you are pro-abortion, we're not going to allow you to take communion. Mm-hmm. And the politicians said, okay, you're denying... And this rule was, 
Supposedly for everybody. For everybody, mm -hmm. right? Because they got tired of all these people in public light being Catholic and killing babies. Right. Just be honest about it, right? Mm -hmm. They got tired of all these politicians using tax dollars to kill babies and then standing up and professing that they were Catholic in one breath and then in the next breath professing how they thought it was okay to kill babies. So the Catholic Church meets and says, look, it's not okay to kill babies. We are a pro-life organization. This is our faith. We are not going to support pro-abortion people. And if you're going to be a pro-abortion person, we're going to deny you communion. So the politicians really, in a brilliant political move, said, okay, if you deny politicians communion, you are violating your tax-exempt status because now you are endorsing or uh, dejecting a politician. Which, of course, would not be the case if the rule was tailored, was not tailored toward politicians. Mm -hmm. I mean, if this was supposed to be rule for everybody, enforced on everybody, mm -hmm. then it would that wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't be true. Well, that's However, what, right. this shows you the the danger of this five hundred one c three stuff for exactly. churches. Of how you, oh, you give just don't control know. to the government. You just don't know. Because here's the next story, right? So they, they had this big meeting. They had this big meeting. How are we going to invoke this rule that says you cannot have communion if you are a pro-abortion person? Tick-tock, tick-tock, after the meeting, they decided we're not going to have a national policy on withholding communion from politicians. Mm -hmm. Right? We're not going to have a national policy. So now the U.S. Catholic bishops say, okay, you can kill babies and you can still profess to be a Catholic and still take communion. Why? Because they were afraid to lose their 501c3. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. The yeah. government is now endorsing the church and the church is afraid of losing that endorsement. Yeah, and this that's in Catholic as well as non-Catholic evangelical churches. I mean, th this is this is the kind of stuff we've seen throughout yeah, well, these the, last couple of years. Yeah, you of, got the lockdown. You have all these churches shutting down because yeah. they don't want to get in the bad graces of the government. Mm -hmm. And then they won't open up to have church, but they'll open up to be vaccination centers. Right. Right. Because so, one, the government. One, the government is okay with the other one. The government is not okay with. Yeah. And one, the government's not okay with the other. The government's going to pay the church to do. So, so if, like if, you're, if your direction, now. if your direction comes from uh, the government, can you, can you rightly be called a church? Say that again. If, if you're following the direct, in other words, they apparently gave some indication that, well, this is what we believe. This is our doctrine. Right. So therefore we're going to create this rule. Mm -hmm. But then when the government, you know, basically pushes back there, the ultimate decision is to go with what the government says. So, and yeah. that is, so basically what I'm saying is if, if you're not taking, if you're not taking, if your actions aren't based on your own, your doctrine, or the Bible, whatever your, your scripture, your, whatever you take your direction from as a church, uh, but rather it's from the government, then how can you rightly be referred to as a church? 
I think you can be referred to as a church. You're essentially the but arm not of as the government. Christian, you're a slave right? of the government. You're not a Christian because you're not a Christian church because Christ is not the head of your church. No, you're well, a, I, you're a government church yeah. because the government. Well, well is certainly, the head I understand of your that, church. but that would be true. I don't think church is indicative to Christian. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's certainly true, but it would be true of any, you know, any church or yeah. religious organizations. What I'm saying, if you are a religious organization then that's supposed to mean that you have a particular set of beliefs that guide your practice, oh, right? And their beliefs that guide their practice is we are slaves to government. Well, we what, what they, they demonstrated is what the government says, because what I'm they saying is the church of what the I, kings let me, again. let me be clear. They've signaled what their beliefs are. Right. Okay. And then what they, what they, what they've proven is that the government can override what right. they say they believe. So if that's the case, then whatever you believe, how relevant is that? It's not controlling. You don't follow your belief. So point I'm trying to make, if you're very existent and in, in your, your existence, your classification, the characterization of what you're supposed to be is based on, based on those uh, central beliefs. And then you've indicated you don't actually adhere to those central beliefs, those central beliefs are not relevant. Well, if that's supposed to be the nexus of who you are, then you're not that thing, right? Mm -hmm. You're something else. Well, all of the 501c3 status and all of those things are based upon this assertion that you are, you, you are what these beliefs reflect, but mm -hmm. yet you're not. So at this point, what actually are you? Mm -hmm. That's, that's my right. point. What, what are you? And it's certainly not a church. If that's the case, I yeah. mean, I say the same, just like you look at pastors were arrested uh, for having church during the pandemic, all that sort of stuff. These people demonstrated. They said, this is what we believe. And it doesn't matter if we go to jail right. or we're dragged out before the firing squad. Right. We're willing to sacrifice and lose and whatever happens, because this is what we believe. It defines who we are. So they've demonstrated that that they exist based on their stated beliefs. And then we've seen many other of these religious organizations, the churches that have basically demonstrated. We don't believe what we say we believe. We simply respond to what the government tells us to do. My point is, is that that's a dividing line for me. That's a defining yeah. going my, on. My point is historically you have the church of England, which is called the church, but it was the church of England who was the church is the head of the the England is the head of the church. So using but the word it? term church, you know, is, is I think, but Christian because Christian indicates that Christ is the head and they can't call themselves Christian if Christ is not their head and government is their head. The church yeah. of England government is the head sure. of the church. Right. right? Well, that, and that's my point is regardless of whatever term you want to yeah. use, you're not that thing yeah. that you're claiming yeah. to be. And upon which everything you do is supposedly based. You're not just like Church of England. Mm -hmm. You're in that sense. You're not. You're not this thing that you claim to be. You're an arm of the government, mm -hmm. or you're a lackey to the government. You know that's where um, we are. Alabama, that's a really good question, and I would tell you that constitutionally speaking, um, taxes are not mandated. So. The problem becomes not in the way taxation was created. The, con the problem becomes in the way taxation is enforced. 
And so uh, constitutionally, we should have the authority to refuse taxation as the greatest control of government through the power of the purse. Uh, but because we are not operating constitutionally on the collection of taxes and the enforcement of taxes, it's difficult for an individual to to operate in within that realm, right, because of the force and power of government. That's why it's important to educate, organize, and activate as a group. And if we could ever in America organize a, an organized tax protest, uh, it would be very difficult for the government to come against that. Uh, they would have, you know, I mean, they would be like any predator and isolate people to weaken them, right? Sure. But, you know, that's how that works. Hey, vindication. And yes, and yes, Maureen, the government church would be part of the socialist, communist, Marxist system, which is the Antichrist system. Yes. So vindication from Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis is sending law enforcement officers to the Texas border to help out. I can't tell you I have been actually been, been trying to get that, teaching that to people and to governors now since Obama was in office. And so it's nice to see that happening. The last thing I want to talk about today, looks like we're going to have a little bit of a longer show than usual, but hey, whatever. I'm not on time limit, and the people here can come and go as they please, come back and watch more later, or however you want to do that. Break it up into sections. I'm cool with that. You're cool with that? I'm cool yep. with that. I'm cool with that. All right, so I don't know if you saw this, JC, but this, this, this rips my ripple. I don't even know if that's the thing, but I'm going to make it up. Rips my ripple. There is a National Archives Racism Task Force mm -hmm. that was started in October of 2020. Anybody know who was president in October of 2020? Just guessing. Okay. So a National Archives Racism Task Force was a part of the National Archives Records Association, which has been around since, I think, 2003, if I remember correctly reading the history. Um, their task is to find racism in our national <laughs> records and monuments, right? Mm -hmm. So what is that saying? If you give a man a hammer, everything becomes a nail, right. right? So if your job, if your name is the racism task force and your task force is going to get funding and longevity sure. regarding how much racism you find. They don't even know what racism is. No. They don't know what racism is. So here is actually, where's my screen? Here is the report published April 20th, 2021. The Racism Archivists Task Force on Racism, their report to the archivists, and they found a whole bunch of racist stuff everywhere. Are you shocked? <laughs> shocked. The Racist Task Force found racism everywhere. everywhere, right? So they, uh, so you have, I hate Fox website. The National Archives Task Force on Racism claimed, uh, let's see, the report was completed in April, released this month, but has so far flown under the media radar, says Fox, right? The task force claims that structural racism unequivocally impacts how national archives and records administration employees interact with each other customers and historical records right so once again this is not about the agency on the people it's an internal mm -hmm. agency operation 
But now we need to make the people who work for the National Archives in the museums and stuff, we need to make them happy and comfortable and living in a safe space, right? So let me show you what this is. Oh, I hate these little things. You're not going to be able to see them. Let me see if I can. Oh, this is where we make them bigger. All right. So we have anti, they have this whole gener, gener, general definitions and acronyms, right? Anti-racism, an active and consistent process of change to eliminate individual, institutional, and structural racism. That's the new meaning of the word anti-racism. Now you have BIPOC. This acronym means to unite these communities in the work for liberation while intentionally acknowledging each has unique histories and faces different kinds of injustice. Did you catch those? Liberation, injustice. Yeah. The term was present designed... Tense. All present yes, tense, by the way. Yes, all present tense. The term was designed to be an alternative to the term people of color, which many felt erased the historical and contemporary prominence and uniqueness of anti-blackness and indigenous erasure when discussing racism in the United States. BIPOC is a useful umbrella, but specifically is best, in example... Do not use BPOC when referring to issues specific to black community. So it, it, it means people of, uh, of indigenous. So you have um, uh, B-I-P-O-C. So that's people of cover, color. I is indigenous. And I forget what B means. Can't remember. All right. So now in all of our museums, we have to have content warnings. Trigger warnings. Trigger warnings. A verbal or written notice. Snowflake stickers. Yeah. Yeah, snowflake stickers. Exactly. Snowflake mm -hmm. stickers. Now when you walk through the, the Capitol building, you have to have a verbal or written notice that precedes potentially <laughs> sensitive content. Such notices flag the contents of the material that follows so readers, listeners, or viewers can prepare themselves to adequately engage, or if necessary, disengage for their own well-being. Mm -hmm. A trigger warning is a specific variety of content warning that attempts to forewarn audiences of content that may cause intense physiological or psychological symptoms for people <laughs> with post-traumatic stress disorder and other anxiety disorders. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the tissues, tissues by the sensitive content, yes, okay. And so now you have to, you have to DEAI everything, right? DEAI is an initialism standing for, I guess maybe an acronym, or, or what is, an acronym is acronym. now bad, you can't use DEI, which stands for diversity, equity, accessibility, and inclusion defined individually below. A DEAI work is a core component of several professional organizations, such as the American Alliance of Museums. So here's diversity. Now we have to get, because we don't know the definitions of these words anymore. I don't care at this point. We have to know these definitions, JC. No, we don't. You have to know what the trigger, the snowflake stickers are all about. Uh, no, I don't. Diversity. 
It refers to a wide range of identities, including race, ethnicity, gender, age, national origin, religion, disability, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, education, marital status, language, veteran status, physical appearance, etc. Within an organization, diversity entails examining and questioning the makeup of a group to ensure multiple perspectives are represented. Are represented. Uh, this is the one I really want to talk about, inclusion. The act of creating environments in which any individual or group can be and feel welcome, respected, supported, and valued as a fully participating member. Aww. An inclusive and welcoming climate embraces difference, differences and offers respect in words and actions for all people. While a truly inclusive group is not necessarily a diverse one, a diverse group may or may not be inclusive, but you have to be careful of the harmful, right? Harmful. Within the context of our report, harmful is used to describe words, phrases, and actions that cause harm to marginalized groups. Now check this out. It can include language and behavior that is racist, sexist, ableist. What the heck is that? Ableist, homophobic, transphobic, anti-Semitic. Where is anti-Christian in there? Where is you hate me because you're white. I'm white. Or you hate me because I'm not black. Mm -hmm. Right? Ask the Puerto Ricans in Chicago how that works out. Right? Yeah. The term harmful should not replace or be used as a euphemism for these more specific terms, but may be used to convey that many types of harm are being described. Now watch this, because this is all so ironic to me. Historical negationism. I had to say that slowly because that's a made up word, negationism. The illegitimate distortion of historical records, illegitimate distortion, 1619 Project. In, notice it's an illegitimate distortion. <laughs> right. It's okay to Six, distort 1619 it. Project, they classify as a legitimate distortion. distortion. Yes, see? Illegitimate distortion. Of the historical record, because remember, the leader of that said, this is not history, it's narrative, Lay down, Lay down. which is distortion of the historical record, right. but in their eyes, yeah. legitimate. So, illegitimate distortion of historical records, often constituting in the denial or lessening of the impact severity of historical crimes in order to support a new historical narrative, mm -hmm. right? A new historical narrative, certain facts are presented while purposely withholding others. Right. This differs from historical revisionism, which in the reinterpretations of facts and narratives based on new evidence and sources, which can be negative or positive. As an example of these concepts in use at NARA, See Docs Teach Lesson, Assimilation and the Native People of something Alaska, which encourages students to consider the positives of forced assimilation on indigenous communities. 1619 Project is, is an example of historical negationism, certain facts presented while purposefully withholding others. So they've deleted the accomplishments mm -hmm. of uh, former slaves, and African pa African American patriots, uh, or American patriots of African descent, those are all deleted from the record in their narrative, because mm -hmm. because those folks 
achieved in spite of the horrors of right. slavery. Exactly. Exactly. But that, that then that goes against the loser think. Mm-hmm. The the focusing on excuses, the blaming everyone mm-hmm. else, expecting everyone else to to uh, give you everything because you know history, and not even your life, <laughs> but people's lives before you were hard. So you can't achieve because people's lives before you are hard. Now or there was racism. If you're wondering where point. to get the original source text from this, you Idiotic. need to go and buy the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Glossary. No, thank you. Right? Okay, the, here we go. Now, don't forget about the paper. implicit unconscious bias. The unconscious bias attribution, the unconscious attribution of particular qualities to a member of a certain social group, shaped by experience and based on learned associations between particular qualities and social gathering uh, categories. Thank you, Niall. I thought I was the only one getting nauseated. <laughs> yeah, so here you are now. By the way, this is your tax dollars at work. This is how historical revision works. This is how the Nazis went through and destroyed all the historical artifacts so that nobody could know what anybody did that wasn't a German under Hitler at the time. Um, we got to learn about microaggression I think and this, marginalized this sort of, population. This and, sort of thing must be the source of white rage. Because does anybody but me, you, you hear this stuff and you feel like being more of a jerk? Like this just this just makes me feel like I want to trigger more people. Like just walk around just being a jerk on purpose. Here we go. We even have now in our national my in rage. our national archives, right? This is this is the handbook. This is the racism that the N- National Archives Racism Task Force found out that we have white privilege now mm-hmm. in the National Archives employment in, you know, uh, unquestioned and unearned self-advantages, entitlements, benefits, and choices bestowed on people solely because they're white. What do you call it when someone is bestowed upon them advantages, entitlements, and benefits, and choices simply because they're a talented athlete? What kind of privilege is that? Because I grew up that where the star jocks got everything. They never had to go to school. What about the advantagements, entitlements, benefits, and choices bestowed upon Hollywood actors simply because they're Hollywood actors? Is that also some kind of negative privilege? Or is it only negative privilege because they're white? I don't, I don't know. So white supremacy, the concept that people in communities who are white have superior ideas, beliefs, actions to those of BIPOC, there's your BIPOC, individuals and communities, which affects political, socioeconomic systems in which white people have the structural advantage. The phrase white supremacy is most often associated with extremist groups. However, white supremacy is present in all American institutions and culture. I think we can find this up here. But anyway... I just want you guys to see what your tax dollars are paying for. And so if you go well, to the national capital, um, if you go to the national capital um, and you see uh, snowflake stickers, 
on your pictures on the national capital, like this, right? You have a picture of George Washington. You have to have a snowflake sticker because you might be suffering from some kind of PTSD. And so you're going to warn people of the negative. See, this is what, this is what ticks me off, right? Be a snowflake. Don't go. If you give, if, if, if seeing George Washington is going to trigger you, don't go that's because your, this is that's history. Your privilege talking. You're not, oh, you're, right, you're whatever. not being inclusive. So. Right. So inclusively go, this is history. Uh, inclusively stay home if you don't like history. But here's the thing. You're going to have these warning stickers and of course they're going to have to be audio because of, you know, we, there may be people who are, who are vision impaired. They won't be able to see that. So you'll have to have them over the loudspeaker every time you look at these pictures and they're going to tell you about all the bad things these people did. So it's interesting to me the the point of historical negation, yet the whole point of this is so people can't see particular parts of history. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Fascinating. For example, a search of Thomas Jefferson in our documents.gov brings up 24 results. He is described in this sample lesson plan as a visionary who took vigorous action to strengthen the will of a nation to expand westward. The report says that is... That is, his, that is white supremacy, and that we must remove that from history. Mm-hmm. The plan does not mention that his policy of westward expansion forced Native Americans off their ancestral land, encouraged ongoing colonial violence, and laid the groundwork for further atrocities like the Trail of Tears, because Jefferson was responsible for that. Not only that, are you ready for this? Here's the, here's the cherry on top. When you go to the Capitol building, there will now be created safe spaces in every archival facility, which is a museum or any of these buildings. There's going to be a safe space where people can go to clear their minds, to eliminate racist language, and to... to calm their senses mm. so not only are you going to have you know the, the the snowflake stickers on stuff you're also going to have snowflake rooms right so you have to have the creation of safe space spaces in every museum and every place where historical things are present so that people can can you know home oh yeah, with a, with a blanket and milk and cookies. These people are a joke. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing, JC. Joke is on us because they're doing it with our money. And everybody who keeps their child in the government school system, this is what your children are going to be taught. Yep. So if you place your child in a government school, this is what they're taught. I mean, I thought it was crazy when our textbooks started talking about how uh, Christopher Columbus was a serial killer and a homicidal maniac because, you know, he landed on a continent. 
Yeah, OG Mary says, I wonder if the folks on that decision-making group were all white. I suspect they were. I suspect they were. Um, this, the, the, the people I see at the forefront of this are white liberals. Nine, 99 times out of 100, uh, it's white liberals pushing this. Well, here's the thing, it's very JC. bizarre. When I made those posts we showed in the beginning and I talked about different forms of slavery stuff, <clears throat> 100% of the time, the people who were offended by my use of the term slavery were white conservative women, 100% of the time. One yep. of them, even libertarian. Yep. Libertarian telling me that the government should control my speech. What do you think about that? And talk about a church who doesn't know what a church is. You got libertarians running out there screaming for government to control people's speech and to mandate that we pay tips to servers. I think you need to look up that word libertarian because I don't think that word means what you think it means. I'll just be honest. This is so mind-numbingly stupid I can't even muster up a rant. <laughs> I mean, I have no energy for the... for. This is like off the stupid chart. Like you broke the thermometer. I know, right? That's my whole point. This was the thermometer breaking on the stupid chart. And Absolutely. I, I just, I mean, I just literally feel like there, there has to be one day that no they, matter. they just all, they just all keel over and that's the end of it. I mean, mm -hmm. you, I don't know how you can be this brainwashed, this, this stupid, this mind numbingly stupid. Yeah, Lisa, and continue I'm, to function. I'm la I'm with you, Lisa. You gotta laugh because if you don't, there's no other way to to express how this feels. You know, I really don't. I mean, but this is this is what happens when brainwash when you check out of your child's education system. Absolutely, this brainwash. is what happens. And that's not, I mean, it's not just on our generation, JC. It's on the generation, because when I was in fourth grade, okay, let's see, fourth grade, I would have been, what, like nine? When I was nine years old, it would have been uh, 1970, uh, was it 19, what year was I born? Anyway, no it would have been 1978. In 1978, my fourth grade teacher started in on us with environmentalism and sure. saving the planet, right? Let me, let me just say this, and I have to check out. I've had about all I can take. <laughs> um, this notion of privilege is racist. Mm -hmm. This lady that was, that was chattering on your IG is a racist. Sorry, sweetheart, you're a racist. Hey, you like that misogynistic, sexist yeah, term? Yeah, I did. I love that. Sorry, sweetheart, you're a racist. When, mm -hmm. you, when you inherently presume that black people are incapable they're they're lesser yeah. people this is what this is what this stuff teaches mm -hmm. they're lesser people they can't achieve because all these white people are holding them back that's white supremacy right because there this is what crt teaches crt teaches white supremacy this is what people don't get you can't connect the dots crt teaches white supremacy it says white people are so much more superior than black people that black people are not able to overcome obstacles and historical uh, abuses centuries ago. How condescending. Unless white people help them. Yeah. 
black people must have a white savior to help them because they're incapable of achieving. That is in essence CRT. Mm-hmm. This is this is that's the teaching of white privilege. Right. Right. And the classification It's racist. Did you catch that in the white racist. supremacy definition in this handbook? Everything in yeah, America it, every, is white. Every American institution. Every American institution is white supremacist institution. So now, pri- he, privilege, whenever you hear that white privilege, somebody says white privilege and they're te- teaching that's white privilege stuff. You're talking to a racist, an absolute racist, who believes black people are inferior to white people. They're just too stupid to understand it. Yeah. Or they've, been brain, they've been brainwashed. I mean, your, your, your public school children, uh, the, the products of... Uh, their public education, they, call, they come home and lecture you. That brainwashing has turned your child into a racist, and, and they have no idea. They're actually, it, because it's bizarre because, again, the, the predominant leaders of this, and this is the sort of nefarious thing when I hear it, like, I don't trust what's going on. I think at, at sometimes I think they, they understand what they're doing. That's another way to subjugate uh, black people, so the same racists who've been doing this all along, the, the actual white racists that have been doing all, all this all along, they come up with this little slick new plan. So, cause, so I look around, and it's like 99% of the ones I see are a bunch of white liberals and, and proudly asserting how pathetic black people are, mm-hmm. that we need to come up with all these crutches and fix the systems because they're so... lesser of people so incapable black people are that we really got to help these poor pathetic this poor pathetic race that's that's the message that's what i hear every time i hear this nonsense about oh oh, it's privilege and they can't achieve because of your privilege do you know what's interesting you're a racist you're a white supremacist face it you know what's interesting and i'm going to give my closing statement on this too but i just want to make a point on yours Do you realize that this mentality being driven by CRT is the same mentality that existed when Lincoln was running for office? When Lincoln gave his speech, go look up the Lincoln-Douglas debates. When Lincoln gave his speech during one of the Lincoln-Douglas debates and said, uh, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln said that, that he would never see the black people as equal they could never be equal that they were an inferior race abraham lincoln said that uh there must be a superior race and in in abraham lincoln's eyes it was definitely the white race and so you have the same crt driven by the same people still in existence since before the civil war the people who victored the power brokers that victored in the civil war were the ones driving the crt that we're actually learning today Globalist, cultural Marxist, exerting power as they divide and conquer. So here's what I want you to know. This is what, and people's rights here is is right. It's stupid, but it's how they'll destroy this nation. And that's that's what I want us to understand. They won't. They Not going to happen. They no, won't. they won't. They want to destroy our nation, okay? Mm-hmm. I can tell you why. I know they want to destroy their nation, our nation, because that's the mechanism by which they're going. There are three things that they're going to do, right? So first, Benjamin Franklin wrote in 1772, if anyone were to overthrow a nation, they would have to do so by eliminating freedom of speech. 
because the freedom of speech, eliminating freedom of speech is how you throw over, overthrow liberty in a nation because freedom of speech, he says, is a thing dangerous to public traders. So you have to villainize speech that does not comply. And that's exactly what CRT does. It's that bullying that enslaves your mind, right? So first you eliminate freedom of speech. What's interesting, JC, is they don't have to come out, although they did during the lockdowns, they don't have to come out and say, it's against the law to speak. No, because they brainwash the people into fear that uh, of bullying, that they will censor themselves and they won't speak, right? So then number two, history, right? Those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat its mistakes. Why are they rewriting history? Why, has, why did Stalin rewrite history? Why did Hitler rewrite history? Why does every tyrant go in and clean out the archives and rewrite history? Why? Because if you eliminate history, you eliminate the telltale signs of what a tyrant looks like and how people with courage, small amounts of people, few numbers of people with courage and virtue stand and tyrants tumble. They want to eliminate those historical evidence. They want to eliminate those historical examples because they want us to live in a place where we will repeat the history of fiefdom and servitude and subjecthood. And then number three, they just keep us ignorant so that we feel defeated, discouraged, and never even get started. Isolate and make people ignorant. Somebody said, I, I asked this in, a crowd, in one of the meetings one day, I said, you watch the Discovery Channel, right? How does the lion catch his prey? And somebody said, he isolates the weak one. I said, no, he doesn't. He isolates anyone, and the one that is isolated becomes weak. So you are weak when you are separate. And what they do is they, which is also ironic because they're all about community, right? And collectivism, but then they want to eliminate individualism. But then what they do is they isolate you so you can't have community in truth. So you got to keep people ignorant. You got to keep people isolated and you have to keep people defeated. They will enslave themselves. This is the danger of what's happening. And that's why we have to stand up and we have to teach our children the truth and we have to push back. And that's why, JC, I know they will not succeed because people are doing that and we're doing it. Amen. So that's who we are and that's what we're doing. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. We appreciate everything that you do. Um, remember, if you liked today's if you like today's show, make sure that you share it, uh, you like it, you hit the button, and you ring that bell. JC's laughing. I'm not sure I did. You're not sure you laughed? I'm not sure I liked it. You're not sure you liked it? <laughs> well, if you like knowing that people will be exposed to the truth and share the show, hey, Patrick Henry yeah. said, um, I would like to know the whole truth no matter how bad it is 
so yeah. that I can be prepared for it. And that's what we do. Neil Bortz used to say, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you mad. Yep. There you go. And that's what our show did today, probably. <sighs> but you see, you got to get uncomfortable before you can get out and get working. They will fail. They will they fail. They will not succeed. They will not we succeed. We are not ignorant. And we're not racist. They are. No, they are. And we are not ignorant of our history. We're informed and we're active. They will fail. They will fail. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.